Everybody have an opportunity to look at the minutes from last time? Is there a motion to approve? Okay, a motion and a second. Any discussion? Okay, all those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Any abstentions? Okay. Public comment, is anyone here to comment on an item that is not on the agenda? For those items that are on the agenda, we'll take public comments when those items come up. Is there anybody here for that type of public comment? Okay. Any disclosures and recusals tonight? Okay. So if there's no objection, we'd like to move item G1 up on the agenda due to timing uh, with another meeting. That would be the engineering department referrals. So if we could move to that. Tom, are you doing the presentation or is? No, we have Gretchen. Okay. Hi, Gretchen. Hi. Okay. You see okay there, Gary? Carl, you okay over there? No. on the Gammon Road project. Right now we're at 30% of the design, so this is very general information, but just so you know where we're at. The project team consists of the City of Madison, Ayers Associates, which is the design team, and the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. We have a short agenda. It consists of the project locational limits. We're gonna take a look at the purpose and need for the project, the different alternatives, and evaluation of those alternatives. This project has two parts. Get my laser. The first part is the reconstruction of Gammon Road from the Beltline to just south of Mineral Point and a path from Grand Canyon Drive to Junction Road. For construction, it's going to be divided in three phases. The first phase will be the reconstruction of Gammon Road and the path from Grand Canyon Drive to just west of Gavin Road. The second phase will be from just west of Gavin Road to all the way to South High Point Road. South High Point Road was reconstructed last year and now has a protected pedestrian and bicycle path on the west side, which will connect to the third phase. For the third phase, we have two options. We can go straight from South High Point Road to Junction Road, or we can use an existing path that stops at Commerce Drive and then finish that connection all the way to Junction Road. The purpose and needs for this project are to improve the road rate operations, to improve the pedestrian and bicycle facilities on Gammon Road and create that connection from Grand Canyon Drive to Junction Road. We also want to improve the pavement rating, which right now it's a three out of 10, so it's in very poor condition. 
when evaluating and and coming up with our alternatives, we also had to keep in mind Act 59, which limits our options for bicycle and pedestrian accommodations, since the power of condemnation may not be used to establish or extend a recreational trail, a bicycle lane, a pedestrian way, or I think I said them all. Okay. So all of our alternatives had to work within the existing right-of-way. The existing typical section at Gammon Road has 5-foot sidewalks, 7-foot terraces, 11-foot travel lanes, including a northbound bike, bus, right turn lane. For our first alternative, you can see the changes from the existing in red. And what we did is we reduced the curb and gutter 1 foot on each side of the median and made the outer travel lanes one foot wider. So you can see for the northbound, we now have a 12-foot bike bus right turn lane. For the second alternative, we did the same with the curb, the same with the northbound bike bus right turn lane, but for the southbound, this alternative proposes an on-street bike lane that will be either four or five feet. And the third alternative, same thing with the curb and gutter, same thing with the bike and bus right turn lane, but instead of having an on-street bike lane for southbound, it will have a multi-use path to the west of Gammon Road by increasing the width of the sidewalk to 10 feet. The west town path from Grand Canyon Drive to Junction Road will also be 10 foot wide. There are two different types of crossing. At grade, which is what we currently have for Odana and Gammon Place intersection with Gammon Road, and grade separated crossings. These have to be very convenient in, their, in the way that people are gonna access them and for them, how much time it's gonna take them to cross or else it's just not gonna get used. We also have to take into consideration the right-of-way impacts to access the bridge or the tunnel. If it's an overpass, it'll take at least 575 feet to get to the top of the bridge and clear the road at least 23 feet. And for the underpass, it'll be 300 feet to get to the bottom of the tunnel. The underpass has a shorter distance, so it has a greater chance to be used and has fewer impacts on the right-of-way. Now we're gonna evaluate the typical sections. For northbound, all three alternatives propose that the bike bus right turn lane be wider by one foot. For southbound, we have the second alternative which proposes an on-street bike lane and the third alternative proposes a multi-use path by taking the sidewalk from five feet to 10. Currently, our preferred alternative is three because it provides a protected pedestrian and bicycle facility on a high volume urban roadway and it maintains a terrace width to accommodate landscaping and street lighting while avoiding the need of right-of-way acquisition. There are two potential grade separated crossings. One is for the path that goes straight from Junction Road to South High Point Road where it intersects Watts right here. This can be avoided if we just use the existing path 
and finish that connection all the way to Junction Road. The other potential great separated crossing is where the path intersects Gammon Road. If we do a, separ a great separated crossing, it'll avoid the conflict with a high volume road and all the turning movements. So, for the Westtown path at Gammon Road, an underpass is currently preferred. <coughs> the use will be likely greater than any other type of crossing and the right-of-way impacts are reduced. And actually, today we had our monthly meeting and the design team was able to shift the underpass and now it doesn't have any right-of-way issues. For the intersection of Adana at Gammon Road, we will be keeping the at-grade crossing. There's really not much room to do anything different here. But what we will do is we will do a combined pedestrian and bicycle crossing for the multi-use path. And we will paint the crossing screen with a high friction material, which will, be, which will make it visible, more visible. And we will also be painting the rest of the crosswalks and the entire project with an epoxy payment marking. Any questions? Questions from anyone? Yeah, I have a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, uh, are there any, uh, the, when, when you showed us that statute which prevents um, condemnation, yeah. are there any specific properties that are, uh, that you'll have to use uh, condemnation powers? Uh, well, for this, for this project, what we're trying to do is fit everything within the existing right-of-way, so the plan is not to have to acquire any right-of-way for now. Um, and what were the operational issues and the purpose and need that you mentioned earlier? Well, right now we ju we're just trying to make little changes to improve the level of service, um, but if you have anything My name is Glenn Yeager with City Engineering, um, working with traffic and Gretchen on the project. Um, so there are several operational things we're trying to improve the, the left turn lanes um, into the mall on both northbound and southbound. Uh, we're trying to lengthen those to provide more queuing and storage for, for uh, traffic. Uh, we're also proposing um, to change the, the east leg of, of Odana to a, a dual left turn lane. Currently it's a left through and right. So we'll add a dual left. And that's probably the, the area on the project that has the most delay at, at, uh, in peak hours and, and holiday seasons. So uh, that's gonna be an important uh, improvement. And so those are the, the, the uh, main improvements we're trying to make in operational uh, needs for, for vehicular tra uh, traffic and then the, the bike, all the bike and pet improvements that Gretchen went through will improve that for, for bikes and pets. Um, right. Sorry, I just have one more question. No, fine. Um, what is, do you have, you know, uh, crash data for the, in, for the corridor and where they're particularly um, conflicts between bikes and vehicles in the, in the corridor? We, we do have crash data. We haven't really analyzed, at least 
at the 30% stage. We'll get more into uh, when we get into our design study report and, and some of the other reports that are required. We'll look closer at the at the crash data, but that's something that we look at as we we'll, we go through the project. Thank you. We have Drew back here. I don't know if Tim Sabota has looked at this intersection. Any issues you want to highlight? No One of the options, this blue right here. So the entire thing is that Watts to begin. This is from South High Point Road High Point. all the way to Junction Road. Mm -hmm. This intersection right here, where we would need um, the underpass, mm -hmm. that's Watts. That's so this right here is Watts. And so uh, everything in the light blue would be 10 foot wide shared use. Yeah. And it's 10 feet. The, is that the optimal width for that kind of path, or what? I think that's what we've been using on our path. Okay. So this, this will have moderate use. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some of our other paths, like Feminine Terrace, need to be bigger mm -hmm. because there's just more use. That's probably sufficient for this. So is there any thought to use paint to separate bikes from pets or just leave it a unmarked path? Probably unmarked. Yeah. If you okay. tried to separate uh, pets and bikes, you'd actually have to have a wider path. Um, kind of what we're doing in front of the uh, Monona Terrace. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, the conflicts probably won't be that great here. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be surprised if There's no facilities. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I gotcha. Yeah. Chicken egg. Yeah. Other comments or discussion? Okay. So this is informational, so I imagine yeah. we'll see an update at a later date. That's right. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. <coughs> okay. Let's uh, go back to our normal agenda then. Uh, Serena Parks Report. Okay, so for the quarterly report, I'll start with uh, kind of the budget overview and the actual um, paper report that you received in your packet. 
uh, and then walk through a couple updates on the South Livingston Street Garage and Judge Doyle, just sort of looking at timeline and um, some of the other questions related to the Livingston Street Garage. Uh, since this is the first quarterly report, I wanted to do just a quick kind of overview of the layout of this and, um, you know, and if there are changes that the Commission would like to see going forward uh, to incorporate into this quarterly report, we can uh, certainly work to do those. Uh, this is the format that was used for the uh, for the Transit and Parking Commission, so uh, some might be familiar and others this is new. So these first two pages, if you have this in front of you, uh, are really just sort of a summary and highlighting uh, all of the, the detailed information uh, in the, the spreadsheets. You'll also see uh, just some graphs which will show year-to-date expenses and revenue by the various categories. Uh, and then the um, map here, which is the collection route map, uh, that is really just a reference to the spreadsheet and the detail. Uh, when you review that, you'll see uh, on-street meters, various collection routes named. So this is just a key to know what those collection routes are. Uh, we group our metered revenue based on uh, collection routes rather than tracking at the individual meter level. Uh, you'll also see a couple reports that are just a summary year-to-date. Uh, comparing current year, year-to-date versus the prior year, year-to-date. Uh, and then the last page uh, currently is just looking at June. So just the revenue totals for June and a comparison of the budgeted figures for that month uh, versus actual. So uh, again, if there are you know, changes or other items you'd like to see going forward, please let me know. Uh, so just a couple highlights here when looking at the, the revenues. Uh, earlier this year, we were seeing uh, year-to-date revenues down about 10%. Uh, and as you go here, this is uh, showing the January, that's year-to-date, February, year-to-date. Uh, so you see it went from negative uh, 4, negative 6, 10, uh, and then negative 9 and negative 10. Uh, June 1st of this year, we did have a, a targeted rate increase, so there were some rate changes at a few facilities. It wasn't a system-wide rate change, uh, but uh, a portion of that where you see those revenues rebounding closer to last year's uh, year-to-date levels uh, is uh, likely in, in part due to that rate increase. So uh, we would expect that to, to continue to flatten out uh, and, and be above that 10% that we were seeing uh, in terms of lower revenues uh, year-to-date over the previous months. Uh, so just kind of taking a snapshot here in May, uh, it was 10% uh, lower than the year-to-date May in 2017, which was a difference of 626000 uh, Currently, the June, a month later, uh, is a decrease of 5% year-to-date, which is uh, a total of 421000 lower um, so you can see quite a significant kind of rebounding of those year-to-date revenues. Uh, this is just taking a, a look at it uh, a little bit differently, looking at the groups and where those differences in, in revenue are when we're comparing this year versus year-to-date last year. You'll notice that monthly and uh, long-term lease agreements are up 11%. Uh, that is in part we've uh, opened up additional monthly parking permits 
uh, because we have seen some decreases in that transient hourly uh, at the beginning of this year. So we've uh, seen some increased revenue in those monthly payment revenues and the largest decreases, uh, again, with that attended facilities at uh, 9% lower than the prior year. And uh, a couple of reasons for that, uh, we did have a, a larger number of special events, which currently hit in that first part of the year uh, in 2017 versus this year. So that uh, is reflected there. Also, just lower uh, occupancies in general uh, when we're comparing. And, and we also saw quite a peak in 2017. Uh, so kind of all of those factors are, are playing into why there's that uh, rather significant change looking at 2018 to 2017. Uh, and this is just looking at, again, uh, sort of the trends in terms of percentage uh, when comparing this year over last year. You'll see decreases in that blue attended revenue, and those are starting to rebound a little bit here with uh, May and June. Likewise, with the on-street metered revenue, they're in gray. And off-street revenue has remained uh, relatively flat uh, throughout the year. And then the largest increase where we've seen uh, consistent increases year-to-date are with that monthly permit revenue in yellow. Just taking a look at uh, occupancy, uh, 2018 here in that middle column, you'll see uh, overall decreases uh, when compared to 2017 year-to-date, um, but also a little bit of evening out in terms of <coughs> occupancies, uh, where they're, you know, ultimately our goal is to try to balance occupancy and, and not have a facility where we've got 100% uh, average occupancy in another facility where we're at 50. So we want to try to even that out uh, and provide availability at, at all facilities at all times. Uh, Brayton Lot has been one that has been over where we'd like the average occupancies to be. So uh, when we're looking at an 80% average peak occupancy, that means that there are uh, it's consistently filling up on a regular basis at various times during the day. So. Uh, if we can keep that at uh, 80%, that's ideal. Uh, just taking a look at uh, operating expenses, uh, the bottom line there is really the, the best comparison uh, because we uh, began uh, basically tracking the pilot payments or the finance department began tracking the pilot and meter payments on a monthly basis. This used to be done just at the end of the year. So when you're looking at that expense, which is a rather significant number, that uh, 606000 uh, it's really just because those weren't reflected until the end of the year in 2017. So just looking at actual operating expenses, removing that pilot and meter fee, uh, it's about a 2% change year-to-date over last year's expenses. Uh, so we, we typically assume about a 3% increase. So those are um, below... Uh, the kind of level that that we want, so that's good. Uh, in terms of budget, in good shape there, we've used 37% of our budget as of the end of June. Uh, and then kind of it's a breakdown here in that right-hand column of the percentage of budget used for each of those items. Uh, so you can see all of them are, uh, with the exception of benefits, which is just slightly over that 50% mark, uh, still well within our budget. Uh, an update on 
South Livingston Street Garage. I know I gave a brief update at the last meeting and that the uh, expected completion date has been pushed back. Uh, we're now looking at a November 1st completion date uh, and looking to get early occupancy of that first floor to address some of the parking needs. Uh, our understanding is that American Family and the Gephardt development will have their first tenants moving in on October 1st. So we're targeting uh, October 1st for occupancy of that first floor level, having all of our parking equipment in uh, and ready to go for some availability of parking for those first tenants moving in until the garage is completed uh, November 1st. And that would provide about 84 parking spaces if we're able to get that open. So uh, our, we've got progress meetings scheduled September 5th and 19th, and that'll be something that we'll continue to discuss and track to see if we're on target for the October 1st date. Uh, in terms of Judge Doyle, just a quick overview. There are a number of other dates and approvals uh, between here, so I, I did not want to include all of that uh, detail, but kind of the, the major items here. We uh, received the schematic design documents. Uh, we should be getting design development in September and uh, December of this year, planning to uh, issue the documents for the podium construction. So those will get uh, issued for bid. Expecting a March commencement date on the construction of that podium, which again is that uh, upper two levels and retail of the Judge Doyle. And occupancy of the below grade parking structure is expected for August of 2019. And at that point, uh, as of August, we expect that we'll have the two floors above of that podium parking already poured uh, so we can then occupy without interruption while construction continues. Uh, and the podium construction is expected in, again in March. So total completion of uh, that project is October 2019. So that's the lower and the podium. And demolition of the existing Government East parking structure is expected to begin in September of next year with completion December 31st of next year. And any questions? A question on the lower revenues. Um, do you know if the private parking that has come online this year under the new Anchor Bank development, has that absorbed some of the demand that our lots were serving or do you have any sense of that? You know, I have not seen, other than the decreases that we saw when the city offices moved um, mm -hmm. over across the square, we saw a significant decrease there. I think it was about 12%. Um, but we have not seen any uh, additional you know, decreases. And in fact, we've seen uh, some increases at uh, Government East, so actually a 3% year-to-date in average occupancy uh, when compared to last year. So. I would expect that when the offices, uh, city offices move back to the MMB later this year that we'll be seeing um, probably higher than desirable average occupancy with our transient uh, and hourly parking uh, there again. So I have not seen a significant impact, no.
So are we considering um, a rate, cha uh, uh, rate change? Uh, currently there isn't a rate change planned, but uh, I know when we had discussed before when we just did that sort of targeted rate change mm -hmm. that potentially there may be a need to look at some other rates, um, you know, within a year or so. So that's certainly something that uh, we could bring forward if, if need be. Thank you. Um, I appreciate Sabrina pointing out that this is our first time doing this with you. So if there are changes, we know that there will be adjustments so that you get a quarterly report that you'd like to see. Um, I'm going to highlight things from page one and from page two. The pages after that are all the data that back it up. So we can go to those pages, but I'm going to focus on page one and page two. Page one is data. Page two are projects. So I'm going to start with the data and say our bus ridership is down slightly for the year. The TPC for many months has been asking me, why is bus ridership down? It's a great question. In fact, it's happening across the country. Systems our size saw a drop of 2% in bus ridership this year. We're down 0.1%. This is such an interest to governing bodies across the country and to transit managers. It's being studied. I think there are a number of key factors where gas prices have come down and stayed down. Recall 2008, gas prices were flirting with two or uh, three bucks and four bucks a gallon. And a lot of the folks that are futurists said, we'll never see 250 again, price per gallon. It has come down to 250 for several years, and it has stayed down. So those futurists, quite uh, respectfully, were wrong. And so I think that's a factor, but also Uber and Lyft are potentially factors in our ridership dropping slightly. Um, there are national groups. One that's very well known is the Tran National Transit Cooperative Research Program. They're a part of the National Science Foundation. They're studying this across the country, and we hope to give you a little bit more detail on what they're finding besides things like gas prices, Uber, and Lyft. Our paratransit ridership is down by quite a bit, and that's related to family care, and a number of you who were on the commission before understand quite well what family care is. Those of you that are new, We'll have a detailed presentation in September. For now, I'll say that our paratransit services have had the most radical change in a quarter century due to something called family care. It is a state decision, not a metro decision, not a city of Madison decision. It is a state decision where Dane County is the last county in the state of Wisconsin to implement this new services model, not just for transportation, but for all human services, job coaching, uh, family uh, or residential care, and the like. The thing for you to know now is that we no longer receive $3.9 million in funding. That has gone to what are called family care agencies. You'll hear more about that next month. Nancy Sen is our paratransit manager, and I'll just say she has done a fantastic job of implementing family care, but even with the best managers, there are some changes that are still sorting themselves out, and we'll give you more of an update next month. 
Our financial status is in pretty good shape given the family care changes. I must say I'm really pleased to tell you that we are projecting to add so far this year slightly to our reserve level. You will see in the text report that our contingent or our reserve level started this year at 3.7 million. We now have our final audit numbers, so I know that number is audited and correct. If you go to our finance, we show a different number. That's because we have the new audit in. And the auditor is planning to come and give you a detailed presentation in September. That's another thing we'd like to hear from you. We are assuming you would like to continue uh, getting uh, those detailed audit reports. Our auditor says they would like to present those to you because you are the governing body that oversees how we do things, mm -hmm. and it needs to be somebody other than Metro that's looking at this. So our plan would be to continue that unless I hear otherwise. Everybody's nodding, so mm -hmm. that sounds good. So um, anyway, we are pleased that so far our financials are in good shape given all those changes. If you go into our data reports, you'll see that our preventable and chargeable accidents are up quite a bit. But last year was a record low, and we've had more minor dings this year and closer to our average. In addition to the number of accidents, we will in the future also be giving you reports, which I don't have today, on what our insurance company payout and claim reserves costs are. And right now they're very close to previous years. So overall, I think we're in good shape on our preventable accidents. However, they are up compared to last year. So I just want to let you know, we look at every minor mirror ding. We evaluate those accidents, and then we coach drivers to make sure we minimize the chance of even the minor accidents. We have data on customer feedback. I won't go through that in detail. And then we have data on uh, security incidents, which I won't go into in detail unless there's questions. So I'll go to page two, which is a quick summary of our projects. And I'll highlight the first one because uh, he's in the room. Tom Lynch will be overseeing our facility projects, not without our help, but I must say it's been a welcome change to have somebody with a background in engineering and planning to help us with this. Some of the recent things that have changed just in the last six months is the price estimate for fixing our existing garage at 1101 have gone up significantly. Our price estimate for Nakusa Trail has gone up significantly. So we now have a number of options. At some point, Tom will show you his cool matrix right now. He's kind of still working on it. And we're not only looking at satellite and at Nakusa and our current garage. We're actually looking at probably a dozen or more options, and there'll be more on that later. But for now, I listed what some of those price changes were and that we decided not to apply for what's called the Federal Tiger Grant, which stands for Transportation Investments Gen Generating Economic Recovery. We didn't apply because the new cost estimate was so high and the federal dollar limit is limited that we didn't have enough local match to apply for a grant, so we didn't. So you'll hear more about that in the budget. In fact, you'll hear more about our facilities plan when we bring our capital budget overview to you in September. Family care, as I said, we will give a more detailed update, but I did list some of the numbers there for you to take a look at. One key thing I want to highlight, because it's the largest change in our paratransit in 25 years, is we delayed phasing out directly operated Metro paratransit. 
We delayed that because it was controversial. We had a uh, important issue to work through with our union. That's the Teamsters Union. It went to arbitration. The arbitrator ruled in our favor. And so we phased out paratransit. Our last metro directly operated trip was provided on August 8th. All of our Americans with Disabilities Act obligations currently are being met by contracted providers. But we eliminated our directly operated paratransit. So you can see that's a huge change for this year, and you'll hear more about that. We did submit a federal grant for additional buses just to keep on top of our bus replacement schedule. I wanted you to know that. And we have now received all 15 of our new buses, buses number 146 to 160. These will be the last buses with our old paint scheme. Next year, they'll all have the new paint scheme. And also in 2020, we expect our first electric buses. So stay tuned for that. If there's any questions about the data charts, I'd be happy to answer them. But that's a quick overview. Yeah. We're currently in the process of going through a disposal, just like we do with the buses. They go on a website, and they go through a public uh, bidding process. No value to us, but they will have some value to others, yes. as our old 40-foot bu buses do. Yes. You drive by our 1101 facility, and you look at our employee parking lot, you'll see all these older vehicles in the parking lot. Those are the ones that we're about to dispose of. Other comments or questions? Okay, thank you, Chuck. Good report. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <coughs> Go ahead, Gary. Uh, move to receive both the parking and transit reports. Oh, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. They're the quarterly reports. Yes. So. There's a motion and a second, including both reports. Is yeah. there one yeah. motion? Same one motion. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Any abstentions? Okay, motion carried. Thank you, Gary. Uh, new business. Um, Item F1, there are a number of people who have indicated, who have uh, filed registration statements. We have a number of people here from Ascendant Holdings, a couple um, interested in speaking. Um, I thought first um, we would ask the other people. Nick Martin um, indicated uh, he supports, in support, um, available to answer questions, comments. The loss of metered uh, spots is a concern. Uh, can it be remedied by larger uh, loading zone spots? Uh, it's with Ian's Pizza. And uh, commission members did receive an email with uh, more detailed information. So Nick is uh, available uh, for questions, if anybody has any questions of him at this point. I guess I don't have any questions at this point, but would like to ask questions as we go. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, the second uh, registrant I have is Peter Ostland. Am I close? Okay. Uh, neither support nor oppose wishes to speak. You would have uh, three minutes, sir. Okay. I'm fine with that if you'd like to wait. Um, so we have um, four people here from... Um, either Strand or with Ascendant Holding. Uh, Joe Urban is here available to answer questions with Strand. Uh, Matt Prescott is here in support. Um, I'm sorry, Matt was in support. 
Matt in support available to answer questions with ascendant holding. And then we have uh, Jeff and Eric um, here who both wish to speak from ascendant holding. So, so um, would it be possible for us to plug into the screen? Uh, sure. Think over here. Kind of. Um, I have a bunch of adapters. Oh, Rebecca, thank you. Oh. <laughs> I learned to carry this. <laughs> Very nice. Tricks of the trade, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. I was going to get out mine, but. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Sure. Kick her on the draw. Sure. And I, as I was sitting here going, huh? <laughs> 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 they need to be by a microphone. Right. If they want to, did you want to come over here? By a yeah, microphone? you should be by a microphone. That would be best so that they can hear on the recording, if you wouldn't mind. How many chairs do you need? It's smart to carry that with you. Okay, hang on. Why am I not seeing this? Um, okay, I see it up there, but I don't see it on here. So, um, yeah, I'm not accessing my... Well, anyway, what you're seeing on this screen is not what I'm seeing on mine, but I do think that we'll be able to work through this uh, just by toggling through. I think this is the first slide, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, good evening, everyone. Good to be with you again. Jeff Ricotter and Eric Nordine with the Senate Holdings. Mm -hmm. uh, so, we were with you uh, two weeks ago. Um, we showed you a few different scenarios that we were looking at for the Carroll Street uh, parking situation and uh, received a lot of uh, thank you. Uh, received a lot of good thank you. <laughs> uh, received a lot of good feedback from uh, this group. Uh, so we've gone back and taken a look at the scenarios again. Had some additional discussions with uh, traffic engineering staff. Uh, so in your packets, you received a uh, staff report today um, with uh, some options uh, from TE and, and parking utility staff, as well as a. A staff report and some further analysis of those. Um, so we thought we would um, just uh, give our, our take on those options. Um, as I mentioned at the last meeting, uh, option one, which is shown on the screen now, is our preferred option. Uh, so essentially widening the existing Carroll Street sidewalk. Uh, the existing sidewalk is 11 feet. Uh, we would propose to widen that to somewhere in the range of 15 to 18 feet, depending on the specific engineering with, with staff, but uh, certainly widening the sidewalk from the existing condition. 
Uh, we think this is important for the pedestrian flow from the uh, parking ramp uh, across the street on Dayton, uh, bringing pedestrians up to the square, uh, particularly with the addition of the Drury Hotel on the MATC site, uh, we think we'll see an increase in pedestrian activity uh, through this corridor. So we think the, the wider sidewalk here will be a, a significant benefit to uh, pedestrian flow. Uh, in terms of the parking uh, orientation, what we're proposing is to um, have a stretch of uh, three loading zones, which is what is shown on, on, on this here. Um, the designation hotel loading is a bit uh, a, um, a bit inaccurate. What we're viewing is just a public loading zone along the entire stretch, mm -hmm. which is what we had talked about last time. So similar to the condition in front of the concourse and in front of the graduate, in front of Fresh Market. Um, so that's what we're pr proposing there. Uh, so essentially the, those loading spaces would be available to uh, public for 10 minute loading um, without, without specific restrictions. Um, Tom, did you have a <laughs> No, I'm fine because it, I, well, I thought it was appropriate because we got a report from staff and we asked last time for staff to report mm -hmm. that we would love to hear from staff, Tom. I think there's a driveway apron. Uh, and that's perhaps mm -hmm. why those are considered hotel, because others would not be able to park in front of your driveway apron. That, that's a good clarification, Tom. Uh, so at certain times when we would have deliveries, which uh, will not be very frequently, I think we're, how many deliveries per day are we estimating? Probably four or less that will use that curb cut. Uh, so. I, I think it's on, yeah. Um, thank you. Well, I don't, yeah, I tried pushing it when I saw his red light and I didn't have one. So, um, oops, we lost our oops. Um, so at those times when we have those four deliveries per day, the valet operators would um, make sure that that area is clear of, of parking. Um, so we think that th there are a lot of good things about this option of improving not just the pedestrian flow, um, but uh, in terms of or orienting the parking from uh, perpendicular to parallel to improve the, the vehicular traffic flow within that street as well. Um, and in addition to, to bicycles that are, are going from the square down to uh, Carroll Street and other areas. So, um, and uh, as was mentioned, we've been in discussion with uh, the operators of Ian's Pizza with the operators of Michelangelo's to uh, make sure that this option works for them. Uh, so um, I think both have given us good feedback on on this option. The other thing to note in our discussions with TE staff, uh, staff is proposing to move the existing uh, ADA stall to the corner of um, Dayton Street, um, which is not shown on this particular diagram, but... Um, this is the present location. That's the, the present ADA location stall, so and would flip around the corner. Move it to the corner on the concourse side. So, so up here. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so at the, the corner of Carroll and, and Dayton, where the concourse is. Which is currently a loading zone. Oh, loading zone. Correct. So converting that loading zone to a ADA space. Uh, so we think that's a good option. Um, the uh, option two that was in your packets um, shows sort of a uh, revised version of the perpendicular parking scenario that we had presented last time. 
so this is a concept that staff had put together um, based on the feedback at the last meeting. Uh, essentially maintaining four or three metered spots and one ADA spot in their existing locations and then creating a, a hotel loading zone in front of that uh, garage entrance. Um, we think this is a less, uh, less good option. Um, a couple of issues with it, it maintains the more narrow sidewalk uh, to get the perpendicular parking in and to have enough clearance for uh, two travel lanes. Uh, it's not possible to wi both widen the sidewalk and have perpendicular parking. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a trade-off, uh, narrower sidewalk, perpendicular parking versus wider sidewalk and parallel parking. Um, we also think that the flow for the valet pickup area is um, not ideal with this scenario, having the valet pickup adjacent to uh, perpendicular stalls. Um, we think that may create some conflicts with cars backing up versus cars trying to enter into the valet space. Um, the other comment on this, there was a, a, one of the staff conditions on this option was to uh, shift our building back two feet off the property line to be able to dedicate an additional two, two feet for sidewalk. Uh, that creates some pretty significant um, architectural issues for us. Uh, especially trying to tie in the building as, as we curve around that, that corner onto Dayton Street. Um, so in, in our discussions with our architects today, uh, we, were, we would face some pretty significant design challenges with um, trying to accommodate that uh, staff condition in option two. So um, if you can flip back to option one. Again, this is our, our preferred scenario. We think this is really a win-win for pedestrians, for, for vehicles, for bikes. Um, and so what we're requesting from you tonight is a recommendation to uh, plan commission to, to move forward with this option as the, the project proceeds. So ha happy to answer any questions. Questions? Yeah, Go ahead. I thank you for telling us that we're going to have that. Regarding this process of relocating the ADA parking space, as you probably know, the ADA parking space, are there any other <coughs> amenities that go with it besides being reserved for people with gain space or disabled parking space? Bring up the air, yes, sir. Uh, this one is not. Uh, so this is not a van accessible stall. It is just uh, um, designated for someone with hang tags or, or plates. Do we have any observations? You know, I've um, tried to just sort of observe on my own when I see people uh, coming and going. Um, the handful of people that I've, I've caught over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, I noticed a couple going towards the concourse, a uh, couple towards State Street, but, you know, I, I think that's pretty anecdotal and limited sampling. It does have a frequent uh, handicap. Uh, I go out there and because handy people with a handicap placard can use a metered space for free, so I, when I went out there, I, I counted three, you know, three out of the eight were mm. handicapped. 
Someplace I saw that there was discussion about uh, the historical museum or the military. And there was something about that these, these were military. Is that or was it just talking ADA? I was trying to infer that there was some ADA military. I don't recall no. that. Uh, that was that was noted in the, the staff report, but um, mm -hmm. you know, was, was there some that? sort of special? I guess yeah, it was in the city traffic engineering report. May I attempt to respond to that? Sure. Go ahead, Carl. You may be referring to uh, vets and people. Uh, my understanding is that we're is that if you have vet plates, disabled vet plates, it's uh, the same as having a... Oh, okay, they don't have to have a hang tag or anything Well, it, it qualifies the same way. Okay. Right, it, it's really just referring to somebody who has an eligible disabled okay. right. uh, tag or, or uh, okay. plate. Ash, uh, is this the right time to also discuss the staff recommendations as well? I think so, because we're... And we also have Eric who prepare Okay, Eric, would you like to come up and help answer questions? No, I think you need to be by a microphone. <laughs> yes, if you can. Maybe over so one Eric for another Eric. So, some of the recommendations, are, all of the recommendations said that. Um, Development would have to compensate the parking utility for uh, spaces lost, mm -hmm. and I was wondering if that is generally commonly done in developments like these, and also, you know, what kind of losses are you going to be seeing, and just talk about that a little bit. Sure. Uh, so it is a standard comment um, by the parking utility to uh, request that uh, the cost of those spaces taken out of service for a development project. Are, are paid for. Uh, it has not been necessarily 100% consistent that the parking utility has received comp compensation. Um, so, it, but it is something that we, uh, the parking utility, consistently requests uh, and expects. But uh, it isn't always an approved condition of a project. Um, and then, in terms of of loss, when we've done that calculation, uh, which we've done frequently for for other projects. Uh, we look at a 20-year period for loss of revenue uh, and basically come up with an average uh, based on the existing rate uh, and determine the present value for uh, a meter that's occupied using an assumption of 5.33 hours daily. Uh, so it's a, essentially just a standard formula that we apply based on a 20-year period. And what is the dollar amount for this? I believe it was around 43000 44000 per space. You the question I was going to ask. Okay. The area of inquiry. Okay. Other, other questions? So the staff report refers to option three. What was, what was the option three? That was the um, on-site loading option. Which uh, this doesn't illustrate it real well, but you can see where the two curb cuts are, one on Dayton and one on Carroll. 
Uh, and this would be a drive-through condition oh, where there was a lane mm -hmm. circulating okay. through the building. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't present it because in the staff report it was, I don't know if it's fair to say, I think it was the least favorite of the three. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that... The if you yeah, if you open the matrix, uh, it has a, a one, the diagram that we had presented at the last. That's the meeting. report and the photos. Was the matrix separate? Is that on the register item? Yes, it was emailed by town. Got two attachments in that email, but it wasn't the it, matrix. Was oh, town. okay. No, I know. I didn't see that. And is that what the other one is definitely that we put on? Okay. Yeah, we have it on the other one. Tom has another one here. Okay. Yeah, and it's on the other one. There was only. The thing I got was just in this. Yeah. Okay. Let's just start with down at the time. Yeah, okay. Maybe we'll continue with staff with other comments that you want to make, and then I think um, the other speaker wanted an opportunity to let us hear, but I thought maybe if we finish all the discussion and presentation, that would be good. Did you have anything else that you wanted to present to us? Just to answer any questions you have or expand on any... Well, now I'm just looking at this. Mm -hmm. um, this, this matrix shows two disabled spots on... Carroll Street, I think uh, one near the circle and one across the street near the concourse loading zone. So some of, some of that was what they, they were providing us, and so that's why we, we included the, the documents that are shown. These were drawn up by our, our uh, planning engineer, Sean Malloy, to kind of show this fits more of the city standard geometrics. Um, so give you guys a, what we feel may be closer to what's, what's actually built now as, as we go through. I think there may even be some tweaks to this once we find a, a final option and sit down with our, our colleagues in engineering. So it may be a foot or two different here or something else, but we just want to get a generalized, you guys are comfortable with option one, option two, option three, all, none, you know, and just kind of get a little direction from, from you all. So my question about the option one, can there be um, three or four vehicles? Can three or four vehicles fit there we feel like in the loading zone? Three. We feel there's one public loading zone, the other two would be the more or less hotel loading zone because they'd be in front of their driveway. And typically, you do not have any kind of public access to a private driveway. So there's no, and, and then would that bump out not be there anymore? The, well, at the ball, you mean? Yeah. 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 This is how we feel would look. Yes, we at the ball, we, we kind of went back and forth. And ultimately, I think we decided that the uh, bump out would may work a little bit better for not only their valet service and, and public access, but some of the other activities that happen here. If you kind of open up that bulb a little bit, say there's not going to be any valet service, it'll be easier for, for truck loading and for 30 West Mifflin, the uh, building we're currently in, or the concourse, or, or even themselves as they bring deliveries. So. The bulb often has delivery vehicles mm -hmm. and in it, so it's, um, it's parked up. It's parked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
from a traffic engineering perspective, do you have a preferred option out of these? I think ultimately what we came down to is we could find ways to make any of these work. Um, you know, option three would be our standard where we try to make as much of the private operation out of the public right away, but there are other things that kind of come into consideration, particularly with Carol and some of the pedestrian accommodations that may be in this location that's, that's appropriate to do something a little bit different. Um, and so we tried to work this through. We feel that all of these options with a little bit more work we should be able to, to figure out. So One thing about option three is that it does not, it would not increase pedestrian activity on Carroll Street. And there would be some advantages to increasing pedestrian activity on Carroll Street. Mm -hmm. um, so, and uh, just to clarify, you said that two, those two hotel loading zones are most likely to be used by the hotel, but they are in fact public loading zones too, right? I don't think that they would be, no. I think that the only thing that would be signed there would be the public loading zone that we have marked. And the rest of that would just look like regular street. It just happens that, you know, there's not going to be an issue for them blocking their own driveway. So, like, your own private home, if you want to park in front of your driveway, you usually don't have much of an issue. So we kind of, it would be unofficial, but allowed to be used by, by them on a temporary basis. So trying to make it work as best we can. So, so there would only be one space that signed as a loading zone. Correct. Yeah, public or not for uh, a public loading zone. Actually, yes, for we one probably vehicle. only sign that one as well. We won't do any kind of signage for the, the hotel. Okay. I guess this is for the design team more than the city, but uh, any concern about taxi use? I mean, people often take taxis to the hotels and you obviously can't control when they come, but there could be many of them. Um, I'm not sure any of the options will help you with that. I, I know the concourse has designated taxi loading areas. So, sure. Sure. Uh, so, what we learned in our their address into the Union Cab app, it'll come up as uh, whatever address on Dayton Street. So uh, there's an existing loading zone at the uh, corner of Dayton, uh, just adjacent to the crosswalk. So we think what's likely to happen is that if a cab is coming to pick up a, a rider, we'll use that existing loading zone on Dayton. Okay. Is that, is that convenient then for, let's say, bad weather? Is somebody waiting for a yeah, so we'll, we'll actually have, so the valet entrance will be on Carroll Street, but there's also a primary entrance on Dayton Street okay. at that corner. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. and, and all the metered parking on Dayton Street would stay the same? Um, I mean, it's the right-of-way. The right-of-way changes. Yeah based on uh, needs, uh, but yes, I think that's kind of the, the goal. I'm a, this is the first time hearing that you guys might have a, a date and address. Um, typically what we want for a hotel is that someone who would be going to your uh, valley would have that Carol address, so that may be a little problematic for us if they're not being directed by their app to Carol Street. 
and and that's that's an issue I think we can deal with operationally um, with the hotel operators of directing guests who are using a valet drop off to use the Carroll Street side. Um, I mean, if someone is coming to the site uh, from the airport and is using a cab, the cab is going to use the Dayton Street address. Uh, if someone is planning to make a trip by car to the site, they'll likely uh, either have been to the hotel before, they'll uh, look at the hotel website, and we feel like that's the way to direct guests to use the Carroll Street side. A couple of questions, I guess, as far as the uh, this option versus the uh, parallel or the parallel versus the straight in parking. Uh, is is that enough parking? Are they valet parking for the number of people? I mean, what happens if somebody three or four people come? So our we had a strand prepare a full traffic study for the project and to to look at the valet scenarios. Um, so what that uh, traffic study showed is that 95% of the use of that valley area will be three or lower cars. Three um, or lower. Correct. So the, the vast majority of the time we'll have uh, three, up to three cars, okay. uh, just, just depending on arrivals. So very rarely would we have a condition where we have uh, more than three. And again, we have the loading zone on Dayton Street. Uh, the entire concourse loading area, so we feel like we can can deal with those the three will work unusual circumstances yep I guess this is to both of you uh, the city and to you did did you look at angle parking on Kerr? Uh we we have not we uh, good question <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, had discussed it quite a bit, and it is possible you uh Angle point parking, you don't get a lot of gain. Right. And um, you don't get many more spaces. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not concerned about the spaces as I am of the amount of terrace and sidewalk. Yeah, and uh, part of the – currently the building face – the current building faces right now are about two feet from the right-of-way. Okay. And so currently there's 13 feet from face of curb to building face. And – if they if they build to the right of way, then there will be 11 feet, and that is concerning, and, and that's one reason why we we recommended if they could keep the existing building face at least for the first floor. With the um, that's option two would be the 90 degree parking, they'd be preferred. Um, and then also regarding the um, the uh, the queuing that you had just. Discuss. We asked for uh, just a, a parking management study. That's or, what that or, meant. That's what I interpreted. Parking study or man just to yeah. minimize queuing, just yeah. so that we don't get a line of cars perhaps on Dayton that, that um, not a. It just gives us an opportunity to go back and say. Okay. So what I guess what you're saying, Tom, though, is the angle really doesn't give you any additional opportunities for a width of sidewalk. Well, how many do we have? We would probably get three spaces, but it, it could give us two feet. So it would be three spaces of angled. I used to lay out parking lots. 
30 years ago. So, a little known fact. Um, so we probably get a foot and a half to two feet, and uh, instead of having four spaces there, we probably have three spaces. So that could that could be an option. It could be an option one and a half. Other questions of the presenters? Okay, we have one more speaker. Peter? And can you time this three minutes? Do you need somebody to time three minutes? Does he have a microphone? I'll need to ask him to come. Can you have a seat Good evening. I'm Peter Ostland here on behalf of Capital Neighborhoods. I'm the chair of the steering committee that the neighborhood put together to uh, discuss this proposal with the development team, and we have met with them several times over the past several months, or actually it's been more than a year now, I think, from the first proposal. Uh, we prepared a statement that is part of your packet, I believe. Uh, if you've looked at that, you'll recognize that there's a diversity of opinions regarding this proposal within the neighborhood at large as well as the steering committee. Uh, one group is of the sense that since the valet parking is such an integral part of the hotel and they have such a vested interest in it functioning, that therefore it will function and uh, that's their end of their discussion of it. The other group would really like to see some details of how this is going to function because that's already a relatively crowded and congested cul-de-sac with the deliveries to a uh, couple of uh, retail spaces on State Street as well as to the Concourse Hotel. And so in addition to the public parking that's on there uh, right now, and so how is all this going to work and where is the parking going to be? Um, so the Strand Report looked at this and uh, did some comparisons with the AC Hotel when they did that uh, and modeled, I, as best I can understand, based on the dwell times that they saw at the AC Hotel. What they don't mention in that report is the AC Hotel has 79 on-site parking stalls that they use for their valet's service, where this hotel will have none. Uh, so that's a significant difference there. Uh, my memory of reading that report was not... Uh, the comment, 90% uh, of the time they only needed three stalls. The two options that were presented uh, in that study showed a need for seven to eight parking stalls, uh, which appeared to be the demand that they were suggesting was required. And that would obviously depend on where the parking is going to be for this proposed LA, where they're going to park that. That has not been... Uh, released publicly at least, we, we have no idea where that is, and the study didn't know where that was going to be. So there's concerns about can you accommodate that sort of demand and, and how are you going to do it? Um, and so I think if the group has not seen this particular image, it came, at your, came out at your last meeting, I believe was the first that we saw of it, um, but it would seem to be somewhat at odds with working one with congestion, uh, the congestion and deliveries. If you look on the, the building plans, there's a uh, page C302 if you have it, but it shows a typical entry and exiting for a 30-foot truck 
to the proposed hotel's loading zone, and it takes virtually the entire street to do that. Uh, so how does that work, and how does that work for the Concourse Hotel is probably the, the big issues that we, we see with this. Questions for Peter? Thank Thank you. Okay. So we have an item before us to discuss. Uh, I have questions for Nick. Okay. Yes, Nick. Is that the pizza? Yeah. Yes, for me it's pizza. Could we ask you to come up, Nick? Yeah. Uh, Nick Martin, if I have that correct. Yes. Yeah. Where is the Ian pizza, huh? <laughs> Go ahead, Gary. Gary, go. Oh, I, I guess I wanted to. Unfortunately, I was out of town until like an hour and a half ago or two hours ago. I noticed you sent an email. I really didn't get, get a chance to read your comments. I'm wondering if you could share me just generally what your thoughts are on on the options here. I know you 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 have a lot of vehicles back there, um, so I just yeah. The general comments are. The last rendition of this that I saw had the four spots uh, that you were referring to. Um, and the last one, um, the southernmost spot there, was an ADA spot, and then there was also a proposed ADA spot up on the corner um, uh, across the street. And I was just proposing being that there was one there. We're just, we're very, uh, we're very pinched. Uh, if we, we use those metered spots that are being proposed to be taken away, uh, we use them quite a bit as a backup to when we can't just pop in and pop out of the store. We have we have 40% of our business going out that back door. Um, and, yes, we have cars in the bulb um, from time to time if it's a quick stop in and stop out. And then if it's not, it's like find a meter. We pay for those meters. Uh, we unfortunately pay for parking tickets when, uh, when <laughs> we don't, when our drivers don't abide by, by that mindset. Um, so I was I was asking uh, if that fourth spot, which was ADA, could be extended into a loading zone uh, because that would help our situation out quite a bit. Working with the actual, uh, talking with the hotel um, operators, and they had a, a very cooperative mentality of being able to um, kind of, if we were in that loading zone or if we're in one of their loading zone spots, they're fine with it. I don't really want to see my delivery vehicles in a spot that's being meant to be valet for a hotel, uh, but they just had a very co-op. They know how pinched we are losing those metered spots, and they had a very cooperative mentality on we're going to make this work. We're, we're here to see this project go through. And I guess my main comments leading up to that proposal are just that we um, – we have a lot of issues going on on the block, um, issues that are, in our opinion, worse than losing metered spots. So we, we are here in support of seeing this happen, even though this could be a pretty big crunch on a big, on a big segment of our business. We, there's just, uh, we need a good neighbor and we need a good business to come in, and we don't really see a better, a better project coming to the block than a, than a great hotel. So overall... We really support seeing this project through, even though we are very worried about what's going to happen with our ability to, to deliver out the back door. So what are your drivers going to do when they pull in and all those loading spaces are, um, are full 
and it's not just it. Where are they going to go? We are going to have to find the nearest metered spots. The, the 25, a lot of those are 25 minutes right now, I believe, yeah. and we're, we are going to uh, we're going to have to go as close as we can. It's it's totally up in the air right now, and that's and that's why I'm here because we're very yeah. worried about it. Um, but we don't. I don't have an answer to that question yet. Uh, two questions. One is, what is the average time someone a driver is parked in one of these spots? Do you know? And two, I'm sure you must have had occasions where all the spots are taken. What happens to the drivers then, usually? They find the near. Well, to be honest with you, right now we use. Uh, we've had many conversations with. Uh, City parking, I believe, and I'd have to look up who exactly that was with. But um, we, in the past, have been paying for a lot of parking tickets um, when they they do utilize the bulb, which is a no parking zone, uh, popping in and out. Um, the city has been good to us in saying, you know, like if if this is a quick, if you run in your door and you're back out in a few minutes, like do what you need to do. But if it's if it's not that, go into a meter, go somewhere else. So that's how we've been operating as of right now. Um, uh, sorry, what was the rest of the uh, question? How long do drivers How long? That, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know off the top of my head when we're busy. So when we have a lot of drivers on, three to four drivers during our peak shifts, um, lunch and dinner, um, they're not all there at the same time because it's a quick in and out process. And we're looking at changing our operations to accommodate this, to having a bigger <coughs> dispatching system where people are more – uh, there's more preparation for those orders, so the drivers aren't doing as much in store to get that ready, so they can get in and out faster. That is going to have to be an operational change we see. To answer your question as shortly as possible is uh, 10 minutes, I would maybe say, on average is my best guess, which is why, again, I was uh, asking to see as large of a loading zone in front of the, uh, the hotel project as possible so that if we are using it for 10 minutes at a time, um, I didn't consider the fact that that's their driveway, um, the nearest spots to us. So if our driver was parking there, again, it's going to rely on a good uh, cooperation between us and them to have that relationship and have it be okay. But do you have any other comments or questions for Nick? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so discussion about this. Let's start. Probably want a motion. Anybody willing to make a motion? <laughs> um, is it a motion to discuss? Mm-mm. No. If you want, you want, normally we would make a motion to either accept or defer or, or decline or whatever, and then we would discuss the motion. Oh, I see. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not okay. comfortable yeah, yeah. enough yet. Anybody comfortable enough willing to make a motion? I will make a motion just to get us going here. Okay. So I would move that we recommend approval of the project with option one being the preferred parking situation for North Carroll Street. May I ask if that includes the... um, uh, conditions in the uh, memo that we received from yes. Tom? Yes. Okay. I'll second this. Okay, so there's a um, motion from Gary, second, seconded by Bill. Um, 
All those in favor? Or oh, discussion? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Moving too fast. Discussion? Well, now's, now's our opportunity. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's really kind of a real balancing test we're doing here. I really would like to see a wider uh, pedestrian walkway here. And I think option one does that. Um, but I also have the sense that this area will be overwhelmed, I think, at times with vehicular traffic. And not to mention, you know, I, I don't know what, how much the concourse uses this, this area, but, you know, the picture we have right here, this long truck there, mm -hmm. I assume that's not for Michelangelo's. I assume it's for the concourse. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's for the pizza place. I don't know. But I think it's probably for the concourse. And so there are going to be some conflicts, and I, you know, just because of the nature of, of this street. And so, uh, you know, I haven't really studied it that much as far as what is the best use of this area, but I think the, the idea of this hotel seems to be the one that rises to the top. I, I, don't, I can't think of another option, and I'm not sure there were any that are real active at the moment. So I, I like the project. I, th I think this is the, maybe the best scenario for both pedestrians, and we'll see what the traffic situation turns out to be. I, I acknowledge that it may be difficult. The reason I like this option is the, the sidewalk, the wider sidewalk, which I think is absolutely mm -hmm. kind of one of the most important reasons for, for this option. I am concerned about the, the loading like Gary, as far as what happens when it's, I'm, because we haven't seen this type of operation, or at least where 100% of the of the parking is off-site mm -hmm. um, in Madison, to my knowledge, or at least downtown. But um, I, I do have uh, empathy for the pizza, so I think that's going to be a challenge, and I think that's an important needs and hopefully the hotel and the pizza can work, work, work it out. But uh, uh, traffic engineering, you said you could make all three of these options work. We think so. We think what we really want to do is nail down that, um, that what we call the, the parking management plan to really understand how the valley would work, uh, possibly even in the. Uh, I don't think they'd want to have anything to talk about EMS, but. They want to have a little clause saying we'll be a good neighbor. We wouldn't be against it, but they they all will have challenges. But I think that's operationally, safety-wise, yes. I guess a question to the hotel: uh, having to pay for the metered parking that's going to be lost is that you know cost the business that's going to be have to obviously built into the, the plan. Is that, this is something that's. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely very expensive. So we're keenly aware of the cost implication. Um, Sabrina's department has been pretty upfront about what it would cost. Um, we certainly love to negotiate with them a little bit on the price, or maybe look at spreading it over time. We haven't discussed that yet, so they haven't not taken a position on that. Um, it is a heavy burden, but um, you know, having a functioning and simple guest arrival sequence so there's no friction point in the guest experience is just really critical from our operator's perspective. And so we're advocating for what we think is the most smooth, easiest to manage scenario, even though this happens to be the more expensive choice for us because Absolutely. we are losing those spaces. We know we have, of course, a lot of spaces in the parking deck across the street, but um, 
it, it is costly. Um, so I, uh, I too really like uh, option one, and um, you know I work right there, and I see, you know, um, specifically parked cars um, often impeding loading and unloading, and I feel like this option would kind of take care of that problem as well, just because you don't have those perpendicular movements. And uh, secondly, when it comes to reimbursing the parking utility for lost spaces. Uh, I think perhaps we should be a little bit broader in terms of, you know, some of the benefits that a development like this might bring to the area. Uh, it might not all just be lost parking revenue, but it could, you know, people might use the space in many different ways. And I think, you know, there's a certain value that it brings to that specific block. Right now it's not very attractive and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not very comfortable to walk down that street there as well, especially late at night. Uh, and having a, a vibrant 24-7 sort of uh, valet there that also keeps things moving, I feel like would be a valuable addition. Um, and uh, and if there is more need for parking, uh, Sabrina's presentation earlier showed that there was about, you know, it was only about a 58% occupancy across the street in the Carroll Street ramp. Uh, perhaps, or am I reading the, about 65 or something? Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. Uh, taking a look at the average peak occupancy. Right, so, so it does look like there's some uh, vacancy there in, in the worst case scenarios for other, if it's an event or something like that. So overall, I really like option one. Um, it, it seems like a good, good fit. Um, actually, there is another development like this that isn't building their own parking, and that's the Get Park Development in American Family. Okay. Um, so the city is building parking for them at the Livingston Street. Um, but they're not using Vail Lakes. They're not. Well, yeah. And this, to me, is, I mean, basically what, what we have here is a development that is not providing for their own parking and wanting to take public space in order to make that plan work for them. Um, so I think, I mean, I think it's fine to charge them for if they're going to take parking spaces to charge them for that because they are not paying to build an underground parking ramp, which is really, really hugely expensive. So they're having a, a cheaper development cost for not providing for their own uh, parking, but then, you know, having to rent parking from whomever else we don't know whom that is. But there, it is troubling to me that we're basically turning this, we would be turning this street into a street for them. Two of those loading zones cover their driveway, and it's, it won't be signed that it's a public loading zone. Only one space would be used, and that's probably where they're going to be having their sign for valet parking. And basically it's turning over more than just losing the parking, but the, the most of the use of that street to them for their private um, business and pushing out other business owners from utilizing that, that space that they have heretofore enjoyed, which they need to use for, you know, 40% of their business. So that really troubles me. Um, and, you know, on a principle, on the level of principle, that, that, that this is this is kind of what they're what they're asking of us um, 
I agree with some of the points you made, Ash, about it. It is. A, it will be a much safer, much nicer location if if this gets built like that. The uh, width of the the increased width of the sidewalk um, is good. But again, it's. I, I'm. I I have some trouble um, with this on principle, um, and in practice, uh, concerned about Ian's and. Michelangelo's customers who may, you know, be disabled and need parking right on that side of the street. If disabled parking is going to be moved across the street, um, that's that's an access, a public access issue um, in my mind. So, but just to be clear, what we're voting on, yes or no? Like, I, we're not, we're not. I don't think we can actually vote on. I mean, we can give our recommendation, but this is a rezoning um, motion in front of us to rezone, right, right. For, for the rezoning, which I, I'm fine with voting yes on that, mm -hmm. but I do have concerns about, again, this taking of public space for, uh, for a single uh, commercial customer who is avoiding the cost of providing for themselves um, by needing to take this space. So what I have as a motion is we're a motion to recommend to the <coughs> commission Option one, um, with all of the conditions that were recommended in uh, the memo that we received from Tom. Actually, what we're recommending is the rezoning. That that's the legislature item in front of us. Correct. It's with additional recommendations. Yes. So recommending the rezoning to the Planning Commission um, using option one as the preferred. Scenario, whatever you want to call it. Subject to the commission, the mm -hmm. conditions in the memo. Better? Yeah, on that, I mean, on that, like, I want to vote for the rezoning, but I don't really want to vote for the. Would you like them separate? The, uh, yeah, I think so. I'm sorry, say that again? I think maybe to have a separate, have them be separate motions. Okay. The one being on the rezoning and the other being on the specific recommendation, like a second vote on further, we recommend. Okay, Gary, you made yeah. the original motion. I have no objection. I don't to, either. To splitting it and doing two votes. Yeah. No problem. Okay, so we're making it into two motions. Uh, one is uh, uh, recommend the rezoning to the plan commission. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do we want to take that first? Yeah. So we have a motion on the table and a second to recommend the rezoning to the plan commission. Further discussion on that motion? Any further discussion? Look, at, Make sure I'm looking around <laughs> all the tables, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a crick in my neck by the end of the Good thing I'm at a swivel chair. All right. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Anybody abstain? Okay. That motion passes. So the second part of the motion is the recommendation of option one for the uh, parking on Carroll Street. Is that a good way to say that? Am I rephrasing what mm -hmm. you said That's earlier? Right. That's exactly. Um, subject to all of the conditions in the uh, uh, August 21st memo from City Engineering and Parking Utilities. Does that safely rephrase the motion? Yep. Okay, further discussion on 
that motion. I, I guess I'll have a, a kind of a question, but then I guess a, a thought is that the city has recommendations that we're adding to that option one conditions. Mm -hmm. Could we also make a, a requirement that the agreement between Ian's Pizza and, and if there's any other businesses, Michelangelo's, Michelangelo's, that they come to agreement and that be spelled out in some document. The agreement is how parking will be handled. Tom? Before we, be a that they, they have that an agreement. Okay, to make that a recommendation? I don't know. Rather than informing. Yeah. What, what if they can't come to an agreement? Well, that's, that's yeah. then I, you know, that's the condition, that's the problem with option one. Only the plan condition. Planning Commission can make those mm -hmm. kind of yeah. conditions. Mm -hmm. that's we not, recommend. That's we could recommend that they discuss it with them. Would that be the way I, to phrase I, that? You know, I, right now Ian's has said you know they're they're willing to go forward on good faith, but but it seems like that should be something that should really be spelled out. I think. I think one reason why we requested a parking management plan um, to Olivia queuing was so that we could, if we needed to, we could revisit and saying you're not following your parking management plan. Perhaps could getting all three of the entities Could that be include yeah. Ian's and Michelangelo's then, as part of that management plan? I'm sorry, so you, Bill, your question of Tom is that would that parking management plan include working with the neighbors with regard to the use of these loading zones and uh, parking? I think we are re requesting a parking management plan plan and we could request that a parking management plan be collaboratively developed with so adjacent with existing businesses, bis businesses on North Carroll Street. Yeah. That would satisfy my concerns to make sure that this works that it works at least. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is that an amendment to of suggested amendment to Gary's motion? Well, what we're doing is that we're going to recommend to the Planning Commission mm -hmm. that they consider it. Yeah. And we had originally said that it would be subject to the conditions as stated in the memo. You're suggesting that the conditions as stated in the memo um, perhaps but be refined to say that the parking management plan be collaboratively developed with the adjacent business uh, businesses? You okay with that? That's certainly the spirit of my motion to move forward on this. Yes. You following us all here, Ian? Excellent. Other comments on that change in. And you seconded the motion, so yes. I'm assuming you're okay with it. Does that alter? Is that. You think that will help some of the, the concerns that you have as far as uh, the existing neighbors? I don't, I don't know. I think I have much deeper okay. concerns. But that's okay. Yeah, I mean. Ash, other thoughts? We ready to vote? I think so. Carl, other thoughts? Okay. Did you have other thoughts prior to voting? Nope. Okay. We're going, we're going ahead. Uh, with the wording we have now. Okay. 
All right. So uh, making a recommendation to the Planning Commission um, regarding uh, or bring, bringing forward option one for the parking on Carroll Street, uh, subject to the conditions in the August 21st memo from Traffic Engineering and Parking, uh, refined uh, with, uh, with those conditions refined that the parking management plan be collaboratively developed with the adjacent businesses. Fair? I'm taking notes up here. So. Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Uh, nay. Okay, anybody abstaining? All right, motion carried. Okay, thank okay. you so much. Thanks for coming again. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was F1. Now we're on to G. We did G1 already. We're on to G2, the appointment of uh, either a, a transit, and this is an informational and discussion item uh, regarding the appointment of uh, Transportation Commission or Transportation Policy and Planning Board member to the Joint Campus Area Committee. And we did receive um, some information in our packets uh, indicating uh, what someone would need to do. So thoughts about this? I'm not sure that we know for sure. Yes. There's a conflict with our meeting. Say again? It's a conflict with the Transportation Commission Yes, meeting. I see that. It's so it with all of them. That without a, to get yeah. over that, it has to be a Policy and planning representative yeah. is the only one that would not have a conflict. All schedule. these meetings are scheduled during our Transportation Commission meetings, so. And, you know, I don't know that we can change our meeting dates. No, I, we work really hard that. to get these meeting dates and times on the, on the calendar. So. Uh, the joint campus area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So September 5th, October 10th, November 7th, and December 12th are all, if you look at our meeting dates, uh, those are all meeting dates that, that we meet. So good observation. Yeah. So and perhaps this is What time do they meet? Uh, they meet at 445. Oh. Yeah. 15 minutes, yeah. Not, not enough time to get from one to the other. Say again? Probably on campus. Yes, I would guess so. Uh, so I don't know if you already have this on your agenda for the Transportation Policy and Planning Board meeting that's coming up on the 27th. I don't believe we did. Mm -mm. Actually, it is. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. So I guess we'll we'll defer it to Transportation Policy and Planning Board because unless these meeting dates are changed, um, if anybody has an interest in serving, uh, you need to. Uh, complete the application and email it to the mayor's office. Uh, so I guess if people could just keep us, if you could just let us know if these dates change, then the Transportation Commission members might be more interested in participating if we didn't have that conflict. Um, Rebecca? I think we just appoint someone that they don't have to go through the mayor's office. Oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't made clear to me. Okay. Yeah. I, think I was told that this was just discussion yeah. tonight. I asked if we should go ahead and ask to appoint somebody, and so it's not on here for an action item this month. Right. Yeah. But, Rick, Gary, is that your recollection, how TPC did it before? We just appointed 
one of our members. Or did you as a chair talk to offline with people? Oh, yes. And I think mm -hmm. ultimately, I think in the committees we had under TPC that they went through the mayor's office. Mm -hmm. we, we would, the chair or would find someone and, and bring, names bring, forward. bring that name forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With the subcommittees, we appointed them. Okay. You know, special yeah. committees we create, we, yeah. mm -hmm. we can populate them the way we want to populate them. Yeah. So. Well, if anybody's interested, they should let us know, but clearly that's tough when we have the conflict <laughs> with the dates. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so you, if you guys could maybe let us know if these dates and times change. Uh, people might feel differently about it. Okay, great. All right. Yeah, not much else we can do about that. Um, we had talked about, I think, Rebecca, you brought this forward last month to schedule a planned annual joint meeting with the Transportation Policy and Planning Board. Uh, I want to just clarify, uh, there was a, uh, an email from uh, Megan Hatfield that was attached uh, to the back of our agenda showing the proposed meeting dates for the Transportation Policy and Planning Board. It didn't show the September 26th date on here, and she said that's because that was an agreed-upon date, and these other ones were still proposed at that time. So if you have that August 27th and then September 26th, October 29th, uh, November 12th, and December 10th, and, and um, we were thinking that it would make some sense since September 26th we meet from 5 to, you know, till 6.30, and then the room goes over to the Transportation Policy and Planning Board, who starts at 6.30 on that date. So if we were going to plan on a joint meeting, that would appear to be the best time. Now, how does that work from the budget standpoint in terms of timing? Chuck, do you, can you speak to that? The uh, September dates in the past with the TPC was the date that we presented our capital budget. Right. So we would have the capital budget to present here. Um, and then the October meeting is historically when we presented our parking and transit budgets. And we could do that at the October meeting. Yeah. So the mayor releases the capital budget in early September and then releases the operating budget in late September or early October. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I was going to mention this later, but we didn't have much else for the September 5th meeting. So, and there were some, some folks had some conflicts with, with that meeting, and we're two, we have two vacancies on our commission right now, so we just barely made quorum tonight. So if we didn't meet September 5th, would that September 26th date work from your budget standpoint? It would. We would have also, as I mentioned earlier, the audit. Sure. And an update on family care, sure. as long as that's yep. okay. Yeah, that absolutely. There may need a, the Gammon Road project, this was informational. Yep. Yes. They, want action. they may need action. Prior. Okay, so, Bill, you're available on the 5th. I'm, I'm teaching on the 5th. So, yeah, so we'll just keep that in mind. It may be a shorter meeting, but um, if we need to have it, we'll, we can touch base next week just to make sure. Yes. Yeah, maybe we can have Patrick do a poll of everybody, Ian, just to make sure. I think there are quite a few absences. You are absent. I am, yes. Yeah. I'll be a question mark. 
Yeah, Bill, you said you, you had a time limit on the fifth, didn't you? Yeah. Is that what you told me? No, not the fifth. Okay. Yeah, Ken Strait won't make either of the September meetings. So, what about Steve? Steve King? I hadn't heard that he wouldn't be, but Patrick has been keeping track of all that. So we'll have to check. Maybe check with Patrick, if you would, and when he's back. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Rebecca, you were the one who uh, brought this forward as something that would be good for us to do on an annual basis. Does yeah. that timing seem to make sense? Um, it kind of does around the budget, although, yeah. I, frankly, I wasn't thinking of us doing it this this year really? I was thinking for oh, for for sure. next year uh-huh. just that we have that um, yeah. because we're both so brand new and just getting our feet underneath us. Well, we could. But it might be. I mean, it actually might be good for a joint meeting on on the budget. We have to have them because of the council and some holidays or whatever. We have to have them on the same day. Yeah. And the facility limitations. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, and it would be good for TPPB to get the rundown on paratransit as mm-hmm. well. I feel like. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, it might just it might it might work out that that be a good meeting for us to do. Well, I'll make a note in the special rules to maybe that would be one of the things we could consider yeah. saying that we want to do that on a uh, annual basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so would we? Uh, I guess one of the things we'd have to consider is there anything that we would want to do separately during our transportation commission meeting that. The Transportation Policy Planning Board might not be interested in that. You know, we could do you know meet first and then have it flow into the. Yeah. So maybe logistically, if we could think about that. Yeah, and I think some of that will depend on if, like, for Gammon Road, I think they would like to begin design. And I think they do need to start acquiring easements. Mm-hmm. So whether or not that's if that's introduced into council, then it'll be referred mm-hmm. to the commission. But if it's not introduced into council, then no action will be needed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll have to maybe touch base next week. Yeah, see. and there's no. Yeah. So I, I guess it'll it'll depend on what's introduced into council at the first meeting in September. I guess. When is the first? Can you tell the fourth. Oh, well, we wouldn't have time to get a meeting and everything. Well, it would be September no, 26th. We would, okay. know, we would know if it's going to be introduced or not the by next Thursday, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So August 12th. So we would know whether that's the case by next Okay, but week. that wouldn't mean that we would need to meet on the 5th, would it? That would be because the 4th is too soon. Yeah. No, it would just be for, well, no, if it's for introduction, the referral might be for the fourth. The referral might be for the, it might be the for fifth. the fourth. Okay. Fifth. I think the, the question is, is can the commission and policy meeting on the 26th be together for the full time? Or yes. does the commission need 15 minutes at the beginning sure. to, act, yep. to act on something? Yeah, yeah. So I guess we can plan for that. I guess, so two things we have to plan for um do we need a uh, September 5th meeting? And uh, and do we need any separate time on the 26th? Yeah. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pleasant View Road will also be um, in the mix, but I think it's it's delayed a, a month or two. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things to talk about, but things yeah. that have things that have to be talked about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, it sounds like we're all agreed that we want to have a joint meeting on the 26th. So we'll have to work out the logistics of that. So if you both could maybe talk about that as uh, at your meeting with the transportation policy. Ask Ken. I'm going to be gone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Ask, can you bring that forward for us? Okay. Um, great. Um, so anything else about uh, G3, the uh, annual joint meeting? Okay. Well, that's a wonderful segue into the crossover members report from your last meeting of the Transportation Policy and Planning Board. So, Ash and Rebecca. Um, so I don't think we had we haven't met. Yeah. Well, you had a meeting after our um, joint meeting on the 31st of July. And we reported that at our last meeting. Oh, did we talk? I'm sorry. I forgot. Did yeah. you talk about it? Yeah. Okay. So I think this I this should be an item on our, like, first, first meeting of yeah. the month agenda mm-hmm. because the TPPB meets at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So the second meeting of the month, it doesn't really make sense for us to be yeah. reporting. Okay. Uh, so we'll have the crossover report. Unless we don't have a meeting. Because one of the things we did talk about was if we don't need to have two meetings a month, then, you know, we wouldn't have two meetings a month. So if we have, like, September 5th canceled, then we'd likely put it on. Yeah. Yeah. The agenda. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, reports of other committees. There was um, a link to uh, the Madison Area Transportation Planning Board, and that public hearing is on, uh, ironically, on September 5th. Uh, at 6.30 uh, here in uh, the city county building. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that if people didn't get this, I got it by email, uh, but if people didn't, there were links um, for people to gain access to this. And uh, Patrick, I think, did offer to print for people if they needed it. Uh, so if, if people have comments or, or want to attend the public hearing, um, wanted to make sure that everybody had that information uh, available. Mm-hmm. Yes. We might have to amend the, the tip again. Mm-hmm. So the draft 2019-23 to 23 transportation improvement program for the Madison metropolitan area in Dane County uh, at 6.30 is the city county building here in room 357. So okay. what are we, the revision that they're looking at is um, the MPO can, can fund a, a bicycle safety position, coordinator position, and WISDOT is um, not allowing that right now, mm. even though it's an allowed federal expense. Hmm. So... I believe they have to redo a hearing to mm-hmm. redo the tip to pull it out, but 
we will be moving forward to pursue that funding. It's mm -hmm. a legitimate funding that's allowed by federal and um, may not be WSDOT's um, call mm -hmm. on whether or not they can they can withhold that. So. Okay. That's right. Uh, Madison's a mega reason, and so mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah. So we we get to make our own rules, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we shall follow the federal rules, but we're mm -hmm. um, we're in charge of this allotment okay. for they they don't, but they're trying to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe you can help us with that, Bill. Not anymore. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. any other comments on ports of other committees? Uh, announcements and future agenda items. I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's possible we may cancel the uh, Transportation Commission meeting schedule for the 5th. We'll let you know. We'll touch base um, next week. Uh, we have, a, have it set up. So basically I'm having Transportation Commission meetings every week. You know, one with the meetings and then uh, one meeting with staff just to, uh, to set the agenda and make sure that we have everything going. Um, anybody have any other uh, suggestions for items for future agendas? No? Not at this time. We have a lot of good discussion um, that, um, and we'll be circling back on the special rules uh, because we're having tough time with vacations this time of year, uh, people being gone, finding time for us to meet. So it looks like it will be into September when we do that. Did we get a sense of when that might be based on – I can't even uh, look at it anymore. That I, for whatever reason, it's disappeared from my – Well, he pulled it back. Oh, okay. That's because uh, Rebecca's going to be gone oh, so the 27th. So we looked at the week of September 10th, um, but I think – Tom's gone. Somebody else is gone. So we might be a little bit further into September. Yeah, I don't necessarily need to be there for okay. the rules. We will be having a little comparison matrix for the policy and planning board mm -hmm. on, on Monday. And so that may be of use as you formulate the rules okay. for this commission. Oh, that would be helpful for us to see. Sure. Rebecca, was the 20th, was that okay with you or not? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I – to me it looked like the 20th was – 20th of – September. Oh, I'm. I'm. Oh, are you not available? I'm not available. Oh, no. Okay. Well, there um, was another one when Tom wasn't available, but everyone else was. Yeah. If I'm not available, you guys. Oh, you were looking 24 at years I without a director of transportation. <laughs> yeah. You could probably make it through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, I filled out the doodle poll first, and so I couldn't see anybody else's because I was first. Oh, you can't. Did you go back to it and look at it? I'll I, have to do that. I I'll have to go back. Well, I can't, it's not on anymore. He pulled it. Is oh, what, did Yang pull it? I looked at it a couple days ago. Okay. Yeah, I did too. I didn't and now I looked at, tried to look at it yesterday and I couldn't. No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure we'll have, hear from Yang when he's back. So. Yeah, Yang will be back um, Monday. Okay. And then um, I'll be gone for two weeks from September okay. 3rd to September 17th. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gone the week of Labor Day um, and then I'm back and then I'm here the beginning of that next week, and then I'm gone teaching. I have, I teach like two times a year. They're like clustered in September, October, and February, March, and then the rest of the time I'm retired, so I have a little bit more flexibility. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Just from a staff perspective, sure. on my hearing, that several reasons for not having our meeting on the 5th. Tom's not here. You're not here, right. and the MPO meeting conflicts. Oh, sure. Right. Sure. And, and there, there weren't as many agenda items, but if there are agenda items, then we... And we can wait to the 26th. Yeah. Just, I, I think it's a question of if there's availability and if there's a, okay. need, to, if there's a need to have action on things, then a bill is available yeah. to run okay. the meeting. I, I guess it's up to, really, to the yeah. city of whether Gammon Road needs yeah, action. You know, I, I think we will know about Gammon Road September 4th, and is it really, can we even enter it into an agenda for a September 5th no. meeting? Anne is reminding us no. <clears throat> and so yeah. I, w I think we should be freer on being willing to cancel a meeting. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't think we should meet just on the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that we should set up two meetings a month, and, and if we don't need those two meetings a month, then... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll be in touch. Uh, I'll touch base with city staff next week to see if, if we need to, and we'll let everybody know as, as soon as we can if we're going to cancel that meeting. Um, and it sounds to me, Tom, like we should probably plan on having a little bit of time for the Transportation Commission alone to meet because it sounds like you may well have Gammon Road by the 26th of September. Would that be right? Yeah, we may be. Um, engineering is occupied with many things right now sure and so we'll just see how <clears throat> all that shakes, out. shakes okay. out because they right now they we've gotten a lot of rain recently okay. yes and so, and so there's a lot of moving parts yes. that are happening in the next four or five days and so yeah. I could see that I could <coughs> see them focusing on that and maybe not on what needs to be introduced into council okay all right Sounds good. Any other uh, suggestions for future agendas? Okay. Okay. Okay, there's a motion and a second. All those in favor? Opposed? Anybody abstain? Likely not. Okay, great. Thanks, everybody.